Something that I find very interesting is that less than a century ago, in the wake of the Great Depression, there were thousands and thousands of banks that went bankrupt. And yet during that exact same time, someone like J.C. Penney was able to access capital because he privately owned whole life policies and he was able to use that capital to cover his payroll and keep his business afloat during that critical time. Hello and welcome to the Durham Talents Channel. My name is Jesse Durham. Today's topic of discussion is financial preparedness in the infinite banking concept. Now, this is a subject that I think is very interesting. I myself am a student of history and I opened this video making a reference to the Great Depression. Currently, at the time of this recording, we are legitimately in what has, at least up to this point in time, been referred to as a recession. Some would say it's a depression. But technically speaking, uh, we are in a recession now. There have been six consecutive months of a down GDP. So we're living in a recession right now at the time of this recording, August 2022. I actually have planned to go over recessions and some other subjects here real soon. But this one in particular is going to be geared towards this podcast. This video is going to be geared towards financial preparedness. You could even use the word preppers. Now, we probably all have some sort of a mental image that comes to mind when we use a term such as a prepper. But again, I don't believe that we'd have much argument that preparation for any task or any potential outcome is going to be a negative thing. So the definition is one who prepares, this is a prepper definition, one who prepares for possible dangers such as natural disasters, societal collapse, nuclear war, as by stockpiling necessary supplies or acquiring survival skills. Now, I would like to point out again there have been legitimate, authentic dangers of potential nuclear war before. That's not anything new. It has happened. Natural disasters? No question. I mean, my goodness, perhaps it's only because of how connected we are today as a world that we can see and hear more easily and readily about, and, and then therefore m more volume of these stories enters our, our mind and our lives because of the floods and the forest fires and you name it. So natural disasters, no question that they exist. Again, we're going to be addressing the issue of preparedness and how IBC is the concept to implement for financial preparedness, regardless of whether we're talking about natural disasters and the benefits of having an emergency fund, access to capital, etc., or whether we're talking about economic turmoil, recessions, depressions, shutdowns, etc. No matter what the situation is, what's that other saying of it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it? I mean, that saying's just coming to mind right now while we're talking about this. So regardless of societal collapses or natural disasters, I mean, the acquiring of skills the acquiring of supplies. And of course, here on our channel, we talk a lot about capital. 
how to control it, mitigate risk, avoid unnecessary taxes, or uh, perhaps exposure to litigation or inflation, and lots of different things uh, surrounding our capital. We cannot be undercapitalized. I would propose that no one, no business, no investor can be undercapitalized or overcapitalized. Excuse me. It's normally the case that we are under undercapitalized for for things. So being proactive in preparing financially can't be a bad thing. And of course, here I'm promoting the idea that you can become your own banker. So that means that I'm wanting you to put yourself or at least consider if you're vetting this idea still, of course, consider the idea of putting yourself in the banker's position. Again, offsetting risk, not forfeiting interest dollars that would be going to someone else's business, someone else's system, but instead keeping that for yourself. And just all the things of putting yourself in the position of being the bank. So here's my take on preppers. When I think about preppers, I think about folks who are students of history. I think that's a big thing. I think it's important for us to look back and learn as many lessons from history as we can. Again, the idea of learning by your own experience, that's great. For sure, we experience things good and bad. Should we learn from both? Absolutely. But if we could learn from other folks' experience, whether that experience was good or bad, that's also beneficial because then maybe we don't have to go through the same iterations of improving whatever it is that we're talking about. And then again, of course, looking ahead into the future. You know, that's one of Nash's core principles is thinking long range. But again, for anyone who's read his book, Becoming Your Own Banker, or read his second book, Building Your Warehouse of Wealth, he has an extensive recommended reading lists on lots of different subjects. It's readily discernible how intentional he was in acquiring knowledge and understanding from history. I myself am a prolific reader. I enjoy reading. I'm, I'm constantly trying to improve my own knowledge and understanding and exposure to quality information. So what I'm saying about preppers is it seems to me like they are students of history. They, they recognize that, okay, these natural disasters, these economic uh, collapses, etc., have happened before. Seems like it will probably happen again. I don't know when. I'm not predicting anything. I'm just saying, again, being in a position of preparedness sounds a lot better than not being prepared for whatever. To the extent that we're able to control, why not control as much as we absolutely can? So if they're students of history, I, I believe that they would be. I also would attribute free thinking. Uh, not, not the conventional, perhaps not the mainstream. I'm not necessarily talking about anything wild, but I am talking about not overlooking obvious, again, referencing history, obvious things that have historically happened. They, they, they've happened. Let's not forget that. Let's not overlook that. Let's freely think about how to operate in our environment and to control it to the extent that is possible. Again, that's something that I've picked up from R. Nelson Nash in his book, Becoming Your Own Banker, when he talks about flying. He talks about an airplane doesn't go through a vacuum. There are headwinds. There are tailwinds. And again, if you could manipulate that to where you constantly 
in a financial manner of speaking, had a tailwind, why would you not? Why not get to goals and accomplish tasks quicker, more efficiently, using less resources? It just makes sense. So free thinkers, folks that would also value the kind of control that I'm talking about over a situation, you know, regardless of whatever situation, normal or disaster, that we're going into, the more control we have over the variables in that situation, the better off we're going to be. The more we can dictate, at least closer to the outcome that we would prefer to take place. And then I would also say that they think unconventionally. They think out of the box. And again, one of Nash's core principles was when he would talk about rethinking your thinking. To me, that speaks of humility. That speaks of being an approachable person, someone who is open to admonishment, learning, adapting. So just being perhaps unconventional in planning, unconventional in tactics. In fact, when I when I think about unconventional, I actually think about you know the things that we've learned as a nation, for instance, from times such as World War One, World War Two, where there was this conventional war warfare of okay, well y'all line up here, we're going to line up here, and we're just going to go head to head. Whereas now we have a lot of history and experience dealing with and performing more guerrilla type warfare, more unconventional warfare instead of this just war of attrition. Well, on this channel, we deal with a lot of concepts that they're evergreen concepts. They've been and they will continue to be banking. Banking is just a function. It's always existed. And either we abdicate that to someone else or we perform that for ourselves. Again, I would encourage you to consider becoming your own banker. Capital. Money. Money is just a means of exchange. Wealth. Concepts such as wealth. Wealth is goods and services. So concepts such as these, and, and considering this idea of becoming your own banker, it's taking these kinds of things... Life insurance. Life insurance has been around for over 200 years. So that's not new. But the unconventional way that we can use properly structured whole life insurance with mutual companies that pay a dividend to own and operate that entity, that policy contract for our warehouse of wealth, for the system that we can used to deploy capital or employ it to some use, whether that's paying off debt, covering running expenses, business operations. I mean, what have you? It's the infinite banking concept. Whatever it is that we're already doing, taking vacations, what have you. We can own that system, that banking system, that policy, and use that as our banking system or system of policies to use our capital, but then, of course, because we own that appreciating asset, we can recapture principal when that's appropriate. We can recapture interest that would have gone to someone else. We can recapture and house 
any profits that we're experiencing from the things that we're doing and then just grow and scale that and grow and scale that. So it's it's an unconventional way of using a lot of conventional things. Banking is a conventional thing. Most people are doing banking very conventionally, for sure. The credit card people, the car loan people, all this stuff. Whole life insurance. Again, been around for over 200 years. It's a conventional financial product that's out there. But we're using it in an unconventional way. And, of course, that is where you come to needing to work with a professional who owns, understands, applies, uses this concept, knows how to properly design a policy contract for the banking purpose with great companies, etc. So, folks that are thinking unconventionally, out of the box... I would also say that they know how to start from scratch and that person's not going to hesitate to start whether they're considering stocking up uh, food supplies or emergency supplies or what have you. Again, in the particular realm of financial preparedness, well, just making that first step. That first step could be listening to information like this that can powerfully change your financial preparedness. Uh, Adding to your, your library, getting becoming your own banker by our Nelson Nash, paying premiums into policies that you own and control to be warehousing capital for yourself in the event of an emergency. But of course, not locking it away, making it where you cannot access that capital for the things that you would normally do anyway, so that you could be accomplishing simultaneously both. You could be building up capital for yourself, compounding, uninterrupted, without limiting your access to it for the things that you're going to be doing anyway or in the event of necessity in the event of some dire circumstance where you need to be able to access capital and not have it locked away so somewhere where you can grow it somewhere where you can still access it this is us using this financial preparedness mindset to start from scratch and not to hesitate in fact again going back to Nash's core principles not being afraid to capitalize okay again whether that's you know you setting aside your first case of water in the event of a hurricane coming through your area whatever that not being afraid to capitalize not being able to afraid uh, to get started start amassing you know supplies for yourself in this case capital wealth must reside somewhere nash would say Wealth must reside somewhere. You bank somewhere. My questions are, who owns that bank? Who controls that bank? Who's calling the shots? Who is beholden to whom? Who is reaping the benefits of the interest? Who's reaping the benefits of the compound growth from our deposits? Again, these are things that we're going to do anyway. So if we could financially prepare ourselves without taking any additional risk, without losing control, without changing our cash flows, and without working any harder. I mean, if we could accomplish better financial preparedness without changing any of that, why would we not? Well, again, it's going to take some unconventional thinking. So if your clients, you know, you can consider, and we could talk about that. I'm open to, it's the infinite banking concept. We can talk about how we use infinite banking for whatever it is that we want to use it for, <laughs> whether that's, you know, using our cash values as leverage to be able to go out and finance 
the precious metals that we want to buy or long-term food supplies or water filtration systems or other types of precious metals or you you name it land that you can that you can farm or, or hunt on i mean the list could go on and on this is the infinite banking concept you can use this for whatever it is that you are doing or wanting to do anyway again if we're going to be on board with the idea of being prepared is better than not being prepared. Being capitalized, well capitalized, is better than not being capitalized. Having access to our capital is a lot better than having it locked away with penalties and, and taxes and limitations. So again, I've already mentioned some. Let's let's mention some other principles that we get from Nash and view the idea of financial preparedness or financial prepping, if you will, with this infinite banking lens. We've already talked about Nash mentioning not being afraid to capitalize. Again, after a disaster has taken place, whether that is a natural disaster or an economic disaster or societal, that's not the time to be preparing or certainly not the optimal time to be preparing. The time to have been preparing was before. Again, you've heard me use the the idea of when's the best time to plant a tree. Well, the best time was 20 years ago, but the next best time is today. So not being afraid to capitalize is, is, is a very obvious, to me, it would seem to be a very obvious principle in financial preparedness and in prepping in general. Another is going to be the golden rule. Again, it doesn't matter whether we're talking about good days or hard days. He who has the gold makes the rules. Again, conventionally, we are told to conventionally bank, to finance everything. And there are some that, that of course, tell us to, to pay cash. And Awesome. Great. Do that if you want to do that. It's a step better than paying interest to someone else on their terms and conditions. But once you understand compound interest, I mean, don't take my word for it. Albert Einstein said that compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. Pretty smart guy. Eighth wonder of the world. He said he who understands it earns it. And he who doesn't pays it. Okay. Earning is better than paying in this in this situation. So if you're paying cash for everything, but you're forfeiting the opportunity to earn on that capital... Well, when it leaves you, when you pay cash for the things that you're going to pay cash for, if you don't have a system that you can recapture that back into, and if you've not made proper use of adding economic value added to that capital, you're forfeiting that opportunity. It is an opportunity. Our capital does have a cost, and you can earn on it. You can earn and spend at the same time. So the golden rule. He who has the gold makes rules. Good times, bad times, doesn't matter. Again, thinking long range. When I was thinking about doing this podcast, I was thinking about how there are folks in that preparedness space that talk about, you know, one bite at a time here. Eat an elephant one bite at a time. Get yourself prepared for three days. You know, three days worth of food, three days worth of water, three days worth of medical supplies, whatever it is that you may need. Get three days set aside, saved up, built up, acquired for yourself. Then build and scale that out. Make that supply three weeks worth. 
make that supply three months worth, etc. So the concept of thinking long range, it's surely all but lost, it would seem. And, and I fit in that category lots of times still, perhaps more in the past. Maybe, I, maybe I'm getting better about that. But for sure, the ability to think long range. In the beginning, are those first three days after an emergency the most important? Well, absolutely, for sure. You don't get to day four without going through day three. Okay, so we want to be well prepared from the get-go for sure. But how long range can we think? And in a financial preparedness scenario, if we can put ourselves in that mindset, well, how long do you want to have access to capital? How much capital do you want to have access to? How long do you want to be able to perpetuate your contractual rights to access capital, grow capital, transfer capital, etc. Well, the longer range we can think, the better off we're going to be. You know, Nash, he was a forester by trade for many, many years. And he said that he would think about 70-year time frames, you know, to, to develop a forest and to be able to cultivate properly the, the lumber off of, you know, land over a 70-year time frame. So again, if we can think about, you know, getting that three-day supply for ourselves, for example, well, do we have a spouse? Do we have children? Uh, do we have extended family? Do, so we can scale that out as big as we can wrap our minds around, as long range as we can look down the road, even intergenerationally, intergenerationally acting and planning is what Nash encouraged. And then things like Willie Sutton's Law. Again, whether we're talking about personal finance or whether we are talking about a preparedness scenario after some form of dilemma, Willie Sutton's Law is going to apply. People will either legally or illegally try and deprive us of our wealth. Either legally or illegally, Willie Sutton's Law says, folks are going to try and deprive us of our wealth, our goods and services, our capital, our money, our supplies, whatever the case may be. There are folks out there who would, by force, again, by force, legally or illegally, like to separate us from our money. What can we do to mitigate that? Well, of course, I see that there are a lot of advantages to privately owning appreciating assets where we're maintaining control and we're enjoying compound growth and yet there are protections against litigation perhaps or protections against inflation and there's guaranteed growth so perhaps tax deferred and even tax free ways of accessing our capital use it or lose it you know again in the preparedness scenario after a disaster, we could be talking about skills, certainly. You know, skills have to be honed. Skills have to be maintained, and that's after they're acquired. Nash, when he would talk about use it or lose it, he was talking about EVA. He was talking about the cost of capital. He was talking about the volume of interest that the average American... And again, whether it's a good day or a bad day, whether we're in an emergency or not... The average American is paying right at 34.5 cents of every dollar in interest alone. 
the boats, cars, houses, education, everything. All these things that we consume, 34 and a half cents of every dollar is paid in interest. See, either we can be paying that or earning that. Remember Einstein's quote, compound interest? Use it or lose it. Some other things I would say is that your preppers and your folks that are wanting to be prepared financially, personally, we're going to value having access to our means. We're going to value having knowledge. You know, again, here, I'm just going to be your biggest supporter in learning and understanding this idea. Because what I believe is that when you know what's going on, you'll know what to do. When you know what's happening with banks, you want to be able to put yourself in that kind of a position for yourself and not abdicate that to someone else. You're going to be valuing a privatized system that you own and control. You're going to value being around like-minded people, building a, a community, because for sure, a community is going to fare much, much better than the Lone Ranger in a, a dire societal or economic or natural disaster scenario. A community is going to perform much better. Lots of hands are going to make the work lighter, right? And again, the average American is doing what the average American is doing. But if you'll consider what things could be like for you, if you were to become your own banker and how much more that would financially prepare you for the good days and for the hard days, I think that's going to be very beneficial. And when the rubber meets the road, if you're wanting to talk about, well, Jesse, I, I want to be financially prepared. I, I even want to be you know, prepared in all these other areas that you're talking about, med medically, uh, sustenance, what have you. Okay, uh, Can you pay premiums into a policy that you want to control and leverage that via policy loans to go out and procure the precious metals, the long-term food storage, uh, the water filtration systems, the solar, whatever it is that you want to do. Absolutely. When you own a policy and you call up the insurance company to make a policy loan, they're just going to ask you how much of it to send and where to send it to. You know, everything we do is financed anyway. Even our preps, even our preparations, even the things that we acquire in our lives. So the whole idea there is, can you do that and get the money back for what happens to be next? So I hope that this has been an interesting conversation in talking about preparedness and in particularly talking about financial preparedness. If you'd like to have a free consultation about how to implement this idea into your household or your business or your investing or your preparedness scenario, then don't hesitate to reach out to 828-817-4223. Text or call. And you can email durhamtalents at gmail.com. This has been a great pleasure for me. I look forward to our next conversation. Have a great day. Take care. From C to shiny. Thing is about this time last century. No, that's not exactly right. Of course, paying policies into a premium or <laughs> premium into policies that's going to make for a good blooper is the fact that after the sus eso es horrible. Oh, welcome to the Durham Talent Channel. My name is Jesse Durham. <laughs> it's going to be great.
Great.